Grandpa, um, when we first got started, you know, him uh, having businesses but not focusing on profit was restoring the community. It was him uh, giving Mr. Austin a truck route that wasn't making money but still paying for him, right? Helps him serve his family. You know, it, him cashing people's checks at AM General allowed them to make this one to vote, but it yeah. was something convenient for them. It was. He, was, he was restoring community and building community through the acts of grandma. Uh, taking folks to the bank or opening the bank, that's that's restorative practices. Yeah. Yep. And so I think it looks a little bit different from what, um, you know, Keith Gamich, uh, Fulton County Solicitor General, I think he might have been the one that started, at least for our family. He was, you, I think you ran first yeah. for probate judge right. um, in the early 2010. Yeah. Didn't get that piece, but um, Keith ran. Yeah. 2015, maybe? 2016? 2015, 2016. Like, yeah, yeah, 2015, 16, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. He just got reelected. Yeah, in 2020. His model was smart, fair, and restored. And I think he was funds over 4,000 records, maybe more than that. Yeah. And, um, in Fulton County, you know, Atlanta, one of the blackest cities, the probably chocolate city yeah. in, in America, you picked up that ball as well in South Bend, and you've had um, expungement records. You know, myself, I ran for city council. We didn't do the expungement, but I was focused on serving yeah. my community on the South Side. So I think that's another piece of the restorative nature um, from the political aspect that we've been into. Can you go into some of the restorative justice pieces that Maybe Keith inspired or, yeah. or, or you inspired there as well? Well, um, so we had, I, I started this expungement uh, initiative last year, 2020. Uh, it's something that, I, that I've been talking to the prosecutor about for, for several years. And then, and, and honestly, honestly, George Floyd was kind of a game changer. Mm. And I think George Floyd was, was a game changer for, for, for some white people. And, and I say that mm. because there were things that, that we had been saying mm -hmm. over and over again. It's like, you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. But he did, but, he did that. Yeah, right. But when they saw this, mm -hmm. it was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. And I, I mean, that's kind of what I felt. I was mm -hmm. like, man, I'm sorry. You, I know you've been telling me. Mm -hmm. Now I saw this on TV. Okay, so now what can I do? Mm -hmm. and, and that was a game changer from the standpoint of, oh, like, okay, you want to do something? Let me tell you what you can do. Okay. Now that you, now that you have seen what it is, you really need to make up for yeah. a whole bunch of time and talking it. Let's not talk about so when you know Jeff George Floyd, like you know, companies came out, we're sorry, we're like, man, I don't want to hear this. Mm -hmm. Okay, people dying out here. You know, exactly people dying out here. And and sorry, I wrote I wrote another um I wrote an article, my 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 friend Judge Hoseller is is kind of my um kind of my, my filter too because when I you know, I wrote this. The passion is real. The passion is real. Yeah. So I wrote it like, okay, we're not gonna actually say that. We'll put it in different terms. Mm -hmm. But but the George and my point what about that was was George was what you sorry. I mean I mean that's about the least you can do. Mm -hmm. I'm say, sorry too. Yeah, I'm sorry too. I mean a man a man died in the middle of the street for, for no reason. Mm -hmm. And you know, you wanna say you're sorry. Like hey man, that's about the least another human being can can do right. in, in, in that situation. So I'm not counting that for you, okay? Mm -hmm. You gotta do more of that. And so um I got them to to understand that the people who need expungements most are people who um who can't afford them, mm -hmm. they cannot afford to hire a lawyer um to get them, uh, and who the and the and to be able to do it is challenging, 
in terms of the process, getting the paperwork and all that kind of thing. But there are also the people who need the most. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you got people here who did something in their 20s or 30s or what have you. Now here are in their 40s, and their kids or grandkids, and they can't live in a better neighborhood and can't get a better job. So I put that together and put it together in, a, in a, about six months mm -hmm. uh, to be able to put that together. And um, uh, I added uh, license reinstatement fees because mm -hmm. there's a waiver that you can get for if you're indigent, so you can get um, a person mm -hmm. license. Yeah, if you're, if you're indigent, you don't have any money. So okay. if you're poor, um, you have to fill out the paperwork. To be able to do this, you have to be poor. And and people were throwing the paperwork and I'm and I was involved in taking some paperwork. Nobody had any money. Mm -hmm. When I say nobody had any money, you know, somebody might have two hundred dollars in bank. I saw a lady, the, the most money I saw and out of I ended up we ended up doing uh, about a thousand mm -hmm. of these between the licenses and the expungements. And I saw someone I probably only did about fifty intakes, but it was a it was an example, a sample size mm -hmm. anyway. And when I say nobody had any money, the vast majority of the time, the money that they brought in yeah. was greater than the money they had going out. Mm -hmm. And everybody could have been lying, okay? Everybody could, even though they verified, right. everybody could have been lying. But it, but these people stayed in line for four or five hours. Yeah. You know, they, and and to me, that was an example. Like, if you're going to stay in line for four or five hours, you need this. You need this, yeah. okay? And, and no one with any significant amount of money was standing in line. People came from Florida, mm -hmm. Texas, Arkansas, aside, you know, there was a lady that, she was at the person ahead. The lady said, um, the lady said, no, I can't get it. The line was like 300 people in line, mm -hmm. right? We set up for like 50 people. And so the lady said, um, I, you know, I, drove, I heard about this in Florida. And I'm thinking, like, she heard about it. There was, there was no, it wasn't, she didn't like register for anything. Mm -hmm. Some of her family told her about it. She heard about it. So she drove 20 hours. Yeah. And I was saying it to the prosecutor, looked at her, I'm like, no, you didn't. And, and, <laughs> She had a shirt on that said, you know, Daytona Beach or something. And I'm like, well, okay, but I'm still back. I mean, you didn't drive it for, right. for, for something that you heard about on the radio and just drove 20 hours for it. And she pulled out her ID from mm -hmm. Florida. And she and she she had driven here for it. Um, and there was, you know, that story went, went on and on. But um, that was an opportunity to get people's records. And, and the, the interesting thing about it is that your record stays, if you go out and commit another crime, mm -hmm. The court, the probation, the police can see that. What it shields people from is, is those people who are seeking a, a job. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeking mm -hmm. a job, mm -hmm. an employer can't see it. Gotcha. Um, and so you can get a job. And gotcha. some of the stuff is 20 years old. Yeah. And there are certain parameters. This is stuff that, this is legislation that stayed in the past. Mm -hmm. you know, it was one of the things that it passed this, but you can't take advantage of it. Yeah. And so it's there for you. And, and my point was, if we're really about being restorative, Let's 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 make this something people can do. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you can do this, but you know, if you can't climb the mountain, then what difference does it make? Yeah. It's up there. You can see it, mm -hmm. but you can't get there. So what I try to do is try to be able to make this happen. And one of the one of the most significant things that I saw though too, I saw the people, most of the people that were part of the process and process information were white. And and for me, it was just kind of you know, however you would look at it, in this world still, our country is still a lot of. Black here and white here. Mm -hmm. and, and so, like, there's 400 black people outside that all have criminal convictions, and there's 15 white people. Mm -hmm. And and so, if I'd have told, if I'd have told you that, right. that you would come, you, you, you would have showed up. Yeah. And and everything was great. You know, yeah. everything was great. And so, I watched how some of the people, some of the people from Notre Dame said, you know, it was the most uh, important thing they'd ever done in their lives. 
And was it some of your students at Notre Dame that were helping? It was. They were. Well, they were. This, well, so yeah, I, I I teach there, and I didn't recruit them to come. Though they were. They were other. They were Notre Dame students. They were Notre Dame law students. They came. They may or may not have been my students. Um, because there were there were four of them that, that helped us out, but they were lost in Notre Dame. Yes, I, I, I teach there, but um, you know that they saw people were so happy. You know that I mean they were sitting there like man, there was people dancing on top of the church steps, mm -hmm. and we had them going from church that seated about um, about uh, 150 people to the, the great thing about it, the whole community way. You know, the school corporation was like, mm -hmm. hey look, hey look, um, you can use a gym. We used uh we used a um uh, a junior high school gym mm -hmm. for the next event, and then we used the city south bid gave us computers and mm -hmm. gave us staff and all that. A law firm weighed in with computers and staff and that kind of thing. So it became a community, it became a community event, but it allowed people to yeah. um to really be able to have it was called Fresh Start Friday because mm -hmm. and that was just wholesalers. Well, he said, yeah, I think it's good idea. Mm -hmm. That's a good name. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> he said. Give people a fresh start. Call it fresh start. So the word like fresh start, right? So it's a great name. Because it gave people an opportunity for a fresh start. Mm -hmm. and, and and who wouldn't wanna who wouldn't want to start off? I mean, you know, there's things that you've done in your life or I've done in my life or someone else done in life. Who wouldn't want to do over? Okay? okay. And for the most part, you, you don't get a do over. But this is an opportunity to to, to have a do over for people. Get a fresh start. Like, man, man, I was twenty five years old. You know, I'm 45 now. And it could be, like, so the thing that is being expunged to, I know in uh, Fulton County is misdemeanor, I want to say. Yeah, Fulton County is misdemeanor. I, we, nah. The law allowed for this to happen. There was a guy, it was a, it was a great story, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but I, I knew him, and, and it was at, I think, our, our second to last expunge. And the young man, I'm, I'm walking around, checking on everybody, and make sure things are going, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so I walked up to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, you know, how's it going? Yeah, man, it's good, man. He's like, good, thank you. He said, man, I got 13 felony responses. Mm. I said, felony? Felony. Wow. Because the law again allows, it doesn't allow you to have um, a crime where someone is hurt or a sex offense. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, burglaries, drug cases, that kind of thing. Wow. So he said, um, he's 13 felony. 13 felony. Wow. He said, he said, he said, um, I just had 13 felony responses. I said, what? Because even though I knew that that was possible, I mm -hmm. that's a lot of felonies. That's a lot of felonies, yeah. right? To have 13 felonies, okay? Right. That's a lot of felonies. So even though I knew that was possible, I never imagined mm -hmm. that. I said, you had what? He said, um, I have 13 felonies. It's fun. I'm like, really? I said, man, I need to go to prosecutor. He said, don't go get him, because y'all might, like, he might change his mind. <laughs> I said, no, nah, you know, he's cool. He, you know, so I wouldn't got, I wouldn't got him. He said, well, he's the one that prosecuted me for most of them. So he might have been a deputy wow. prosecutor at the time. Wow. You know, now he was that's restorative. That's restorative. That is restorative. The man, oh my goodness, that's that's amazing. And even thinking about those felonies, so being frank, the person that came to my mind was he might be a career criminal. But yeah. but after my first felony, if I can't get a job, it just rolled out. What's going to do? He, he, I interviewed him. I did, I did an interview of him. And after I was with a prosecutor, the prosecutor shook his hand and he said, man, and, and the guy's, the guy's like 50 years old, right around 50 years old. He said, and I, and I did an interview with him because I was so moved by, mm -hmm. by what he said. And uh, he started crying. He said, he said, I just want to thank, I just want to thank you and thank everybody for anything to do with this. 
He said, man, I got, uh, he said, I got caught using drugs or selling drugs or whatever. I think he was using drugs or something when he was 17 years old. Wow. And his parents put him out. Mm. And he said, and so that led me on a path to, I've used drugs, I've sold drugs. You know, it, when, when you get put out at 17, 18 years old, and the only thing I knew was drugs. You already in the hood. You, and you already in the hood. And like, that was the only thing I had. And he said, um, five years ago, uh, there was a company who took a chance, even though he had those families. He said, it was five years ago, this company took a chance on me and gave me a job. And I can't remember what it is, you know, a factory type job. But he said, he was doing a job making this money. He said, they took a chance on me and they gave me a job. And you all took a chance on me. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate it because all I needed was a chance. And, and, that was, and that's where a lot of people, giving people, giving people, a, a chance for me it's really an opportunity yeah. you know a chance is like rolling dice you know yeah. a, a real opportunity is, is set up for you to win you know a chance like I mean, maybe the ball lands on seven maybe it lands on nine mm-hmm. that's that's a chance I, you know I'll, I'll view it as an opportunity so look we want you to win and we want you to get this and you want to get this and we're setting up for you to win not a chance not if you just happen to show up on the right day mm-hmm. But an, an opportunity to really be started. To get a fresh start. Yeah. And it's like, man, I, I, you know, I was 18. You know, he said, I mean, I haven't had a felony in like 10 years. It was, you mm-hmm. know, thir- I think maybe 13 years since he had had, since he had a felony. So he had had a felony since he was about, say, 37, 40 years old. All that happened during a, 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 a window of time. Mm-hmm. But I was still paying the price for it. And so when, when he was able to get these funds, you know, that was just a moving, you know, you could tell how, you know, how moved he was and yeah. how emotional he was about the situation. And, and this is all free, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, all you had to do was show up. Mm-hmm. You know, all you had to do was show up. Don't need a lawyer. You don't need a lawyer. Don't need anything. No, I, you know, just show up with your with your ID, mm-hmm. and we'll take care of all. And it was really, it was really overwhelming. It actually, it actually broke the system. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually, you know, like what they say was we like you shut down the internet. It actually broke the system. It yeah. broke the, it broke the court system. It broke the clerk's office. It broke everything because I had no idea that this many people, but. Uh, but I talked to Mike about y'all. We told the people we were going to do this, so we're about to do this. Mm-hmm. And, so done. and so, so everybody's done. It took months to get it. You know, mm-hmm. our plan, our goal was on the first Friday we did it, we'll have these 50 people come. And then by the next Friday, we'll be already done mm-hmm. with those 50 people. Mm-hmm. We're going to be done. Your whole case will be processed and that kind of thing. And then and we had four Fridays, and each Friday, this Friday, next Friday, we're done. Next Friday, next Friday, we're done. After the first one, maybe after the first two hours, uh, the first one we're like, man, we're not even going to do this. I mean, it actually, we just finished. We started in September. Wow, we last just, September. We started like September 2020. We just we just finished with all those people. It took months to get it done. It took months because wow. it was so because it was so many people. But I will say this: you know, congratulations and, and and you know, pats on the back to everybody because. You know, three judicial officers and myself included. You know, we gonna sign everything. We, you know, we we took turns a week long of signing mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of, of paper that needed to be signed. Then uh, people from the from the Barnes and Thornburg law firm they donated paper. Mm-hmm. Um, we got people donating other resources to be able to make it happen. And now, and it, it's a model that the, the prosecutor's office is mm-hmm. this has become available for the state of Indiana because it hadn't been done this way. Hold on. You said the model of the Fresh Start Friday, yeah. and now it's a prosecutor's office, so they can set up Fresh Start Fridays in other places in Indiana. So we're so right now on the twenty first, I'm announcing the next one because the 
prosecutors now we do it every year. Mm. You know, everybody in the media is running in. Has got it. Has got it. And so we're working on a system because people, when I say people, this is the person was supposed to start at four o'clock and be over at eight. Mm. And I got a call about one thirty on the first Friday from the from the bishop of the church. He said, "Hey man, people are out here at one thirty. Mm. And I had I'm thinking I'll get over there at like three three thirty. And uh, so I got over there like. I suppose I'm doing that like two minutes o'clock, lying from the front door, mm. out into the parking lot, around the corners, and all that. So what we're trying to do now, we're working on the system to make it more efficient, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that people get their paperwork filled out, and we're able to process the information ahead of time, and then maybe have to mm -hmm. show up at location, like 50 people show up to actually get your paperwork signed. So we're we're working on a way to be able to to get it processed, to refine the process and make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. Because people, because every time I did it, more people showed up and they showed up early. Yeah. At, at the second one, this lady showed up. I went to, to put the sign at the, at the gym at the uh, junior high school, and I went to, the, to drop off the sign and people put it up. And there was a lady that was there just like 11 o'clock in the morning when the thing started at 4. And the lady said, um, I was at the last one and the line was long, so um, it's 11 o'clock and I'm not leaving. And it started, mm. it started at 4. And, and it was, and we didn't get done until, we didn't get done until 9 o'clock. Wow. We didn't get done 11 o'clock at night. Um, no stoppings, no food. And and so I remember the first one we had, um, the, the first one, but, you know, prosecutors are looking at like, man, I'm like, man, these people can stand in line. And if they want to stand in line, we're going to stay here until we finish. And we ended up, we ended up using the scanner. We had, I was kind of nervous because we had this one scanner. It was like about $150. Mm -hmm. And it was the law firm had it. And we were, because we had to move the operation from inside the, inside the church to the, um, to the, to the sidewalk in the church step. We went and got mm -hmm. enough tables and set up in front of the, in front of the, because it was way too many people. Mm -hmm. And so we were there and we said, okay, man, we're going to scan this information. Get all the information. We'll scan all the information in and then we'll process it later. That's what we were to do. But um, we had, it was it was one scanner and it was on like <laughs> the scanner was about this big, right? And we had there was no lights for the church, so we had somebody with like a spotlight oh, standing <laughs> over holding it. Like man, out whoever made that scanner, they needed commercial done because it matched the scanner out. I mean, <laughs> scanning all those pages, yeah. and so, like that. so I don't know what we're gonna do with this scanner. Yeah, it just failed, and it should have because of. All I, was I was just going on. Yeah. But um, so we got everybody done. We're, we're making it more, we're refining the process. And we've had meetings about how to refine the process mm -hmm. and be able to, uh, so that people don't have to wait as long. And that's a process that we'll be able to pass on to the public. Fort Wayne, yes. and Annapolis. And they'll be able to implement it with all the kinks, with everything worked out. Like, here you go. Mm -hmm. This is what you need. So. so it might be, so you may do it again this year. Yeah, and then it might not be until next year that it's it's operationalized to go to Indianapolis or wherever. But I mean, I can't imagine because South Bend is a hundred thousand, two fifty in the county, and I know it's, it's, it's more actually it's actually more like three hundred thousand so mm -hmm. in the county. So it's even the fourth fifth largest county in the state. In the state. Yeah. So taking that to Indianapolis, Fort yeah. Wayne, other yeah. places, I can imagine the yeah. impact. I feel like when uh, that's amazing. I think that's yeah. amazing. It's good in the angle. That I took because I think we were both at Keith Swain in, yeah. in uh, 2016. That was either right before or right after Trump got elected. And it was around the right before, I think. Right before he yeah. got elected. 
And um, that was special to me as well because, I, I mean, a couple switches flipped in me. Yeah. The one part of it was like recognizing that I could run for office as well. You yeah. know? And after that, I ran for city council yeah. and was able to serve the community. But on the other end, I started getting into restorative practices and education. Mm-hmm. And I had heard I heard of restorative justice, but Keith helped me understand what it meant. And I said, oh, we have a very similar concept in education. And we were talking last night about what restorative practices look like in schools and um, how we work at PDMSTA, the PD Math, Science, Technology Academy, where I work. We have an SEL program every day. And so social-emotional learning is the skills, the, the self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, social management, relationship skills. We're teaching skills today. And from kindergarten through 12th grade, you're building these skills, um, emotional intelligence skills. But we couple that with restorative practices. So we're in the third year of implementation of uh, an SEL program, skill building program, right. for students and adults. But on top of that, we have a restorative um, discipline practices where the example I used the other day was um, for last night, kick, kickball kids got in the fight, uh, shoving match and whatnot. And instead of a, a traditional public school where you make physical contact, you're going home. We sat down with the kids first and figured out. I took the boy on the lap. We had anger management issues there. After I figured out what was going on, we pulled the class. It was COVID, so only like 10 kids in the class. We went and sat on the bench, and I let them tell me the story. Right. What what happened? Who was the victim? Who was this? What was your, what did you see? What, what was going on? And it's really a conversation about what happened, because this is your community. Mm-hmm. This is your community as a classroom. And they, they get to the point there where um, the person who's a victim ends up apologizing. You know, I, you know I, I shouldn't have done this. I could have done this better. I apologize for doing that. And I'm going to work on being better. You know, and like, yeah, but how can y'all help me be accountable? How can I help you be accountable? And those are kind of conversations that we have so often to the point where that was sixth grade. We've got some third grade students who um, will ask for those restorative uh, conversations when they have an issue. And I've got my high school kids. It looks a little bit different at each level, but my high school students know one of them reached out, was very overwhelmed, and had, um, had an issue with one of their classes and just let out a lot of their frustration. Right. But instead of you know me taking that frustration personally, I recognize that we need to talk about this. I, I really think you we were talking about it yesterday. That was the first time I heard you talk about uh, talk about it in little detail. You talked about mm-hmm. it in those examples, and I really think, and I really think it's you know from from where you are with with that right mm-hmm. now in the you know the third grade through high school. I really, I really see it as as a way to be able to prevent some of the violence exactly um, that that happens further on because mm-hmm. because when when they start talking about those things openly, and, and it really wasn't about exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. There's some other things I had going on. And I think if you get the the kids to start talking about those things yeah. early on and you get other kids to to tell to talk about how they perceive what mm-hmm. happens and what they think of you because mm-hmm. of what you did in the situation too, I think that, you know, that that there's there's justice involved and there's a restorative aspect to it. So it is not just like you you out of school. There's something else that goes along yeah. with it. There's a there's a learning process. Mm-hmm. And you, you might know, still get out of school, but, but you know why. But you, you have the understanding of what happened. 
and, and that's and that's a lot of we talk about like the decision that I make in court might go against you, mm-hmm. but it's important that you understand what I base the decision mm-hmm. on. And the same is true with you. And I think that, but I think that particularly in violence and mm-hmm. you know kind of across our country in particular is that um, if if more kids had an opportunity to be able to understand that and sort of start participating in these these yeah. processes yeah. that. Um, you know, they're, they're learning these at, a, at an early age. I think that can, I think that can carry on mm-hmm. later on down the line, and, and be very preventive, especially because we got so much violence um, in in the community between the ages of say sixteen and twenty five. You know, that's that's where a majority of, of, of violence is mm-hmm. happening. And sometimes uh, someone's reaction, a kid's reaction to a situation, uh, might have been what you perceived about mm-hmm. what you did or, or by what you said. And like, I didn't, I didn't even. That was not even on my mind when I did what I did or I said yeah. what I said. You know, you took it wrong in, in those kind of conversations. I think especially with people, with other, with peers mm-hmm. around, because um, if, if, it's, if it's just me and you, um, I'm, I still might feel some kind of way about it, but if, and, and I might believe that I'm right in my actions and what I said, mm-hmm. but there are other people like, no, man, you know, like, you proof. that wasn't cool. Yeah. You, you just did wrong. Don't look, ain't nobody like that. So, so when you, so when you, when you bring that kind of, Community restorative justice those mm-hmm. type of practices together. I think they can have long lasting impact. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for for doing that. And, and, and it is it, it's again back to some things that we talked about earlier. You know, you are you have a job and you're doing something. Yeah. But your job is helping the community. Exactly. So, so it's like yeah, I have a job. You mm-hmm. know, I can be doing something else while I'm like I make a bunch of money. Okay. Yeah. My job is to serve people. Serve your job is to serve people. Mm-hmm. Your job is to serve people and to serve kids in particular. And so, you know, that is, you know, that's one of the things I'm most proud of as far as, as far as you are concerned, you all got your education, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and, and good uh, young men and, and girls, that kind of thing. But um, I'm really proud of the fact that you all are doing something to be able to help other people. Mm-hmm. It's not, man, I got a job. Mm-hmm. No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. You know, Austin tells me about the things that, that even though he has a job, but then the extra stuff he does. You know, Dad. You know, I paid. You know, the Davidsons. You know, they take the money. You know, mm-hmm. paying him to take pictures. The yeah. the people who the, you know provide an opportunity for people to be entertained in a safe and good environment. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in her work at the at Riley Children's mm-hmm. Hospital. And you know, Demoyne is still coming up in this. But I, I, you know, I heard him say, um, I heard him say something. You know, that he's not at the level that, that you are at, but he was saying something today uh, about the job. Sherman Williams, who was talking to Austin, he said something. Um, he asked about a guy there who's legally blind. Yeah. Worse than he's a senior most person after the store manager. And he said, uh, and he said, um, and so Austin said something about, well, does he feel that like he can hear? And he said, yeah, sometimes I take him home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Austin was like, well, you know, why you take him home? You know, like, why you take him home, bro? Well, bro. And he said, uh, he said, well, he can't drop. He said in the in the in the, the wintertime, winter you know, snow was bad, and the guy's father, unless he's eighty five, he's probably not eighty five, but but he's older. You know, he's older. Like he's like, you know, yeah, I take him home sometimes because the weather's bad, and I don't want his dad come get him in. The, and he said it. He said it from a standpoint of like, of course I would take him home. What do you think I'm gonna do? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I take him? But the fact that he said that is like. That's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and so you know he's not doing the, the things you are doing. But the fact that I heard it, I'm like, I mean, even going back to start with what you can control. Yeah, you know, this is 
So four years ago, I wasn't doing any of this. I didn't even know what restorative practices or SEL was. Right. But but I was looking for ways to serve. So I was I was trying to because my first job at the school, um, I was having these types of conversations with kids. But it was just let me, let me start where I'm at and figure out what's going on. And over time, you know, one of the best lessons you told me was you're building your resume to your thirties. So like, man, I got my head down. I'm grinding. And there was somebody else said, um, this book over here, the goal giver, the secret to living is giving. Mm -hmm. That's good. And so if I can keep on giving um, and living, the value is going to come back. I want to add more value than I'm I'm receiving in return or financial rewards. Right. Um, So that those restorative practices, I think, are, they make a big difference. And I've seen changes in um, adults and students. I've had adults think like, hey, I thought that uh, SEL was just for kids. No, but right. you, how, how are you going to teach a kid if you don't have the skills yeah. yourself? Yeah. Um, I've seen kids that in middle school, they get suspended and get in fights all the time. Now in high school, they might still pop off. Yeah. But when they do, they recognize I, I, the snap just now, and I apologize for that. That's, that's big. That's major. That, that, to be able to, the, the, worst, the worst thing, you know, what I, what I refer to is you got to travel this report and, and, uh, which I used to be in some time ago, and you got like 200 people over there every day. And I refer to it as a court of irresponsibility because it's like they didn't even really commit no really bad crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, disorderly conduct, public ties. I mean, just some, and, and you know, this whole accountability aspect of it, I said it's irresponsibility, but they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's like just kind of like, you know, you want to be, I messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and, and that's what I see in representing people. It's like, man, you know, the, the, the police, mm-hmm. uh, did this and I'm like okay, uh, but what about the dope? Yeah, what yeah. about the dope you had in the car? I mean, I'll, I'll deal with the fact that, but you, you kind of got to start. Like, I'm gonna try to get you out of this anyway. Mm-hmm. I said, but, but, but what I one thing I saw, unfortunately, you talk about adults with the parents. Like, mm-hmm. It's like you know, why did the police? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I let's mm-hmm. do that, but you kind of need to. You can't skip over. You can't skip. Part. You can't skip over yeah. your part. But then when you. When you when I see this over and over again, I realize like so I understand why he's not accountable mm-hmm. because you ain't accountable mm-hmm. because you why you fired from your job it wasn't because you were black right okay? <laughs> it was because it was because you didn't show up yeah. okay on a regular basis or you cussed the boss out mm-hmm. you know and so when you admit that then that's kind of what you all do is like let let me accept my role mm-hmm. there might have been some other things that were at black also mm-hmm. but I at least we're talking about you right now. We don't, we're talking, we're talking yeah. about you right now. Yeah. And, and so we'll, we'll get to the other part, but let's get to, because, you know, until we get past that, it's kind of hard to get over here um, because you got to accept, you know, well, why were you, you know, why were you even there? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are great lessons for, and, and they can, and they're lifelong lessons. Mm-hmm. That accountability piece, you know, yeah. like, you know, you don't want to turn left. You, know, you could have turned right, or you could have got straight. You could have done either one. You could you could have done either one. And we do try to. I try to. So how how these scenarios often will wrap up? We'll have the restorative circle. Now, kind of help me understand what's our next step. We all go back to class. Some people go home. We call mom. Whatever the case is. But when when I do have say the offender um, in the situation, kids who did the harm. When we come to that agreement, he understands what he did or what she did. Now you got to call your mom and tell her what happened. Yep, I like that. And they they'll be crying or this yeah. or that or whatever. Yeah. But like, well, I'll talk to you. What do you think is a fair consequence to this? Yes. 
So I reached my hands in that line and I took the chicken nuggets and put them on my plate. As soon as I checked out, they caught me. And sure enough, I was suspended. But that's, you know what? That's a good example of uh, what restorative practices does not look like. Yeah. That's I got suspended for two days for two chicken nuggets. Yeah, that's that exactly. You know, and, and I, I that, I'm still in agreement with you said yeah, I was wrong. Y'all made the decision. Who right. I deal with that? Right. But that that's how education kind of changed. I guess that's true. Right. That, that that was not appropriate. And 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 that translates over here too mm-hmm. in in my world because does 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 punishment really fit the crime? You got a gram of weed. Yeah. You got enough yeah. for us. That, that that makes no sense. You know that yeah. that that makes sense. I can't get a job. I can't take care of my family. And you wonder why I commit another crime. Mm-hmm. Or wonder why we live in the neighborhood mm-hmm. because I did this. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is. It is an example, of, and, and I'm, I'm glad things have transformed. Mm-hmm. We all need to try to do better. Work. The educational system can do better, um, and, and parents can do better. And that's really what my the upcoming concert is about. It's about you know, fresh start, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, you got you got expulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, you got your license fee. Wave and um, you got a stimulus check, mm-hmm. but if you don't get up in the morning and go to work, you'll be right back. You'll be right back in the same spot. Okay, so this is about this is about, and, and I'll relate it back to, to school. Um, like the was something Community School Corporation or the or the Charlotte School Corporation, Mecklenburg Lincoln. Nobody's talking about this. Okay, I'm not. What we have to understand is that these are my kids, and I'm responsible. If your kid is fourth in the third grade, mm-hmm. you're failing as a parent. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you you know it's not. What are y'all doing? Like, no. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because second, third grade kids, they don't really fork for their own. Right. They, you know, you ain't doing enough at home. Mm-hmm. But that would be, and I and I also would not give, I would not give anyone, whether the school or some person or some group of people, the the power over me to be able to say, well, you know, why I can't get ahead in life because you. Because of you, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna be broke. Okay, I'm not gonna be broke. I'm not gonna. There's nothing that you or a group of people mm-hmm. or a government like that. We're gonna make sure that mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna be broke. Like I'm not. Y'all not gonna make that. Mm-hmm. that, that that's not it. And my kids, you know, all my whatever they said about um, and, and I and, and the good thing about having four kids is that it's a it's a it's a good sample size. Okay, <laughs> it's a good sample size. A sample size is a sample of. Whatever they said about what you were when I doing in school, it was accurate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, when Trey came to school, he cussed everybody out. Like, mm, that's it. No one ever said that about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever they said about the kids was dealing with what I knew about my own kids. That's his or her personality right. in terms of not putting forth quite as much effort as they could, you know, being a bit lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. That is who this child is. Um, and so, you know, the grades they got, like, I'm pushing you there, like, Y'all ain't getting all A's. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I want my kids to get, but. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's not At a certain point, as a parent, like, mm-hmm. I might be saying get A's and B's. I know B's are probably yeah. more likely than A's. You know, your sister might get two more A's, but as far as, as, far as the boys are concerned, mm-hmm. it might get some A's here and there, but that was not going to be. Yeah, you know, you know, you as a parent, you gotta realize that. And me as a parent, right? You know, I was not an I was not an A education parent. Mm-hmm. I was like, get your work done, but I was not. I honestly, if I think and look back about it, I was not pushing enough mm-hmm. for the A's. Mm-hmm. I was not pushing enough for that. And so, as a parent, you gotta take responsibility. Yeah, I think that's 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 wonderful. And I think we're able to. What I 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm a very spontaneous person, but I knew like having you in town, we'd be able to connect some dots. Yeah. And we know about restorative justice, I know about restorative practice. So I think to marry them with real authentic examples from history and, and not just, so we, we covered today in the classroom how you're practicing restorative practices today how you can practice restorative justice in a county, state, whatever. But we also look at uh, generationally. What does it look like to build a legacy and build a family and document your history? Because we all have that legacy. Um, I think the privileged piece of it is knowing that history. I I know what my grandfather did. I know what my great-grandfather did. And because of that, I'm able to uh, take advantage of the lessons they learned or the, the trials they've been through and so for this generation now, these kids, these folks getting this fun, this is their start of history. Yeah. And not a man, look, I had 13 felonies. Yeah. And he gets to tell his kids now, I had 13 felonies, I got them white clean. And grandkids get to tell that story. Yeah. Just, me and this man in Mississippi, yeah. Uncle Tommy, yeah. Yeah. went to jail, got pardoned, all that kind of stuff. Look how that changed yeah. the land. Let's move on from that. Let's, yeah. let's not start, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. But, but having that be a part of, of this, and knowing that that was wrong, it's like as, as you said, it was like hey, we need better. But but we have to be that, you know, that's what it was, but we have to be that. So so yeah, there's an opportunity for the fun and they brought up and doing it. Sorry, is there any I know you got on social media, but if somebody's listening once, they might want to judge or something and talk to about the month or heights or something like that, what what's they do Um so go to Andre B. Andre B. Damage at Gmail. Andre A. B. B. As a word on Damage at Gmail. I appreciate your time. Thank y'all so much for listening. I love it. So we, we're, we're, we're restoring uh, good things, good community. So if you like this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. We all have facts that we can do inside and outside of education. So our job at the dance is to solve problems in the school community, but the school community includes everything outside the school. We'll see you next time. This is the dance.